If you brought a Bible this morning, go with me, please, to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 6. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 6. If you don't have a Bible, we'll have it up here on the screen for you in just a moment. Or you can look for it on your digital device. Uh, this week here at the church, we uh, suffered a, uh, a great loss as uh, we laid to rest our dear deacon uh, Luciano Garcia. And this was a, a loss to all of us, those of you especially who knew him and were part of his small group, uh, you know how much he will be missed. And uh, those of you who served with him in the usher team and as deacons, uh, we're all going to miss him a great deal. And uh, we thank God for the strength that he has given uh, to the Garcia and the Segovia family, uh, Sister Marianne in particular, who is here this morning. And uh, I tell you this, if you ever lose a loved one, uh, don't leave church, all right? The place you need to be is at the house of God. Uh, sometimes we take off from church because we're mourning and we can't ever fight back because you need the presence of the Lord for that. And so I thank God that she was able to make it to church this morning. Her and Brother Chano have been in the house of the Lord in spite of every storm they have faced. And uh, along with that, I know many of you have had some uh, troubles that have come your way. Any trouble come your way this week? One or two things. Uh, I know that we had a, a rollover accident among one of the families here of our church, uh, one of our uh, men here in the church with three granddaughters, and by the grace of God, they're all well this morning. Uh, we should celebrate that. And as I see you, and I know you, I, I've spoken with some of you, I know you're facing some things. You're facing some challenges, some uh, attacks of the enemy. And I believe this morning, God has given us a word uh, with that in mind. So Genesis 15, 1, it says, after these things... The word of the Lord came to Abram in vision, saying, Do not uh, fear, Abraham. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be exceedingly great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me, since I am childless, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given me no offspring, one born of my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this man will not be your heir, but one shall come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars. And if you are able to count them, he said to them, So shall your descendants be. So he believed in the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Would you just repeat that last verse with me? And he believed in the Lord. One more time, and he believed in the Lord. Are there any believers in the house of God this morning? I said, are there any believers in the house of God this morning? Father, we thank you this morning for the amazing privilege of being able to witness the water baptism of so many new believers who have started their journey of faith. Our eyes have seen that you are still a God that saves you are still a God that rescues sinners from their sin. And God, we celebrate it this morning. We rejoice in what we have seen. 
And we rejoice in what you are doing in this house, for we are the witness of the fact that you have laid your hand upon Kingsway Church, and you are making it a mighty church in this city, a soul-winning church for the region. And God, I pray the continued anointing of the Holy Spirit as I preach the word this morning. I ask that you would lay your hand upon me and make me mighty in the word. And lay your hand upon our hearing that we might hear with faith. We ask that in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. I want to just begin with the word that we read this morning in chapter 15, verse 1. After these things. When you read that in the Bible, or in any story really, you have to wonder, what are we talking about when we say after? What has happened before? What was it that came before? And if you read the 14th chapter of Genesis, you will discover what came before the 15th chapter of Genesis. In chapter 14 of Genesis, there are a series of kings who come and lay siege to some cities, and in the midst of that Uh, battle, in the midst of that conflict, they take captive a man whose name is Lot, and he happens to be the nephew of Abraham. Abraham is the patriarch of the Jewish nation. He is going to be known uh, until this day as the father of the faithful. Jesus called himself a descendant of Abraham. And so Abraham's nephew is taken captive uh, into this siege when the kings came against of these cities, and now Abraham is caught in between a battle, a fight that's really not his own, but he makes a decision to go in and rescue Lot. And so in chapter 14, we find ourselves uh, witnessing a battle in which Abraham is in a struggle to rescue his nephew Lot, and by the grace of God, Abraham emerges victorious from the battle. And what I want you to know about that is that sometimes battles are costly. How many of you know that? Sometimes, uh, even when you win a, a battle, it leaves you emotionally drained. It leaves you physically exhausted. Sometimes you go through periods of life. You go through storms. And even though you have survived the storm and overcome the storm, you're still uh, having to deal with the recovery process of having been in a fight for your life. Is there anybody in here has ever been in a fight for your life? Maybe you have been in a fight for your faith. And you have discovered that even though you desert, uh, emerged victorious, you still now need to be restored. You need to be replenished. And so this morning, I have come to speak to people just like that. People who are fighting but winning. Say that with me this morning. I'm fighting and I'm winning. You see, it'd be one thing if we were losing, but you see, victory belongs to the church. I said victory belongs to the church. If we were going to lose the fight, I'd say, you know what, let's all go out and get to shorties before everybody else. Because anyway, it's just going to be downhill from here. But I've got better news for you than that. Victory belongs to the children of God. Victory belongs to you. Come on, somebody. I said victory belongs to you. This morning, you can stare at your enemy in the face and smile. You can stare at your challenge in the face and smile. You can face, you can stare your difficulty in the face and smile and just know I am going to win this thing. God is going to give me the victory. God is going to give me the trophy at the end of this. So Abraham emerges victorious but wearied from the fight. At the end of the chapter, 
the Lord appears to Abraham. And this is why this first word of the chapter is so important, chapter 15. It says, after these things. Say that out loud with me. After these things. One more time. After these things. Did you know that no season ever lasted forever? That's good news. No storm ever lasted forever. It may be raining in your life right now, but no storm ever lasted forever. It may, you, may see, you may say, Pastor, when it rains, it pours. Well, I can tell you that no storm ever lasted forever. No battle ever lasted forever. No season ever lasted forever. You may say, Pastor, I'm going through a season of uh, financial drought. Let me tell you, no season ever lasted forever. And God says to you this morning, after these things, when you have gotten over and across this thing that you're in right now, God says there's going to be an afterward in your life there's going to be an afterward in your situation so you just you just look at what you're going through right now and say after these things God's got something in store for me there is something better that God has for you this morning you might be struggling with addiction in your life but Jesus says give it to me and there will be an afterward in your life you may be struggling with depression in your life, but Jesus says, give it to me, and there will be an afterword in your life. The thing the devil thought would take you out, God says will take you up because I will bring an afterword into your life. Come on, you might be staring at bankruptcy this morning, but God says after these things, when this thing has passed, you're going to be standing. You're still going to be standing in my grace, in my strength, and in my power. The scripture says, after these things, the Lord spoke. To Abraham. The word of the Lord came to Abram. And that encourages us this morning to know that God speaks in the middle of our troubles. He speaks when we're going through the most difficult and bitter moments of life. If we will listen for his voice, God will speak. And you know what? It's more important to hear from God than to read the newspaper. It's more important to hear from God than to check Facebook. It's more important to hear from God than to update your social media. It's more important to hear from God than to hear what your friends think about the new guy that you're dating. I don't, I don't want to get too involved in all that this morning. But I just want you to know that it's more important for you to get a word from God than a word from anybody else. Because when you have God's word, you have hope. The Bible said that God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should change his mind. What he has spoken, he will do. And what he has spoken with his mouth, his hand will fulfill in our lives. So we need to hear from God. We need the word of the Lord. You say, Pastor, what is God's word for me this morning? Three very simple things this morning. Number one, the Lord said to Abram, Abram, do not fear. Do not be afraid. You know, this is the first time in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, the first time in the Bible that these words are mentioned. Do not be afraid. And God speaks them not to a child. I would understand that. He doesn't even speak them to a teenager. He speaks them to an 85-year-old man. You say, why would God need to tell an 85-year-old man not to be afraid. Well, you see, the fact is that fear attacks all of us. Fear tempts us in every season of our life. 
And fear comes to assault our faith in God. What was Abraham afraid of? He had just won the battle. He had just proven that God was on his side. What was he afraid of? Well, this is what he was afraid of. Ten years had passed since God had given a promise to him. When Abraham was 75 years old, God said, you're going to have a son. And he believed God. But now, ten years have passed, and he is starting to lose his faith. You know, if I was 75, I would have already lost my faith when God said, you're going to have a son. But he's 85, and he's barely starting to lose his faith. He's afraid that God is not going to do what God told him that he would do. And let me just tell you that that fear is a temptation of the devil. He comes to rob you of your faith. He comes to take from you that essential thing that will, get, uh, that will bring the blessing of God into your life. For you see, the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So the enemy knows that if he can steal your faith, he'll steal your blessing. If he'll steal your faith, he can steal your courage. If he can steal your faith, he can steal your, your, uh, your, your, your uh, confidence in God. And so the enemy comes to attack your faith, and the opposite of faith is fear, okay? The opposite of faith is our fear. When we start looking at our circumstances, fear starts to set in. You start running the numbers on your, on your money, and fear starts to set in. You start to realize that your children are getting older, and they're about to go off to college and fear starts to set in. You start looking at retirement and it's getting closer and closer all the time and fear starts to set in and God says to you this morning, do not be afraid. Come on, somebody. God said, do not be afraid. Why do I have to fear when God is on my side? Why do I have to fear what, when God has spoken to my life? And so this morning, maybe you're starting a new season in your life. Maybe it's a difficult season. Maybe you're learning how to do things in a new way. Maybe you're having to face challenges that you've never faced before. Can I tell you, friend, that God is with you, and because he is with you, you do not need to be afraid. Don't be afraid of tomorrow. God has tomorrow in his hands. Don't be afraid of what you don't know. God knows everything. Don't be afraid of what you can't control. God is the almighty God, and he is in control of all things. Come on, somebody. God has got you, and he's got this situation in your life. Second thing he says to Abram is, do not be afraid. I am a shield around you. He was saying to Abram, I am your defense. I am going to be your protector. I'm going to surround you with my presence. The Bible says in the book of Zechariah, the Lord said of the city of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem will be a city inhabited without walls because the Lord will be a wall of fire around her and the glory in her midst. You know, friend, that that is a promise to every believer. God says, I am your shield. I will be a wall of fire around you and I will be the glory in your midst. I will protect you. I will honor my word to you. You are my child. I will keep you. I am your shield. Now, Abraham was the, the, the uh, patriarch of the nation of Israel. And so Israel is a good example of God's continual protection over his people. You realize how many people have tried to destroy the Jewish nation? 
The Egyptians try to destroy the Jews, but where are the pharaohs now? They're gone. The Assyrians try to destroy the Jews. Where are the Assyrians now? They're gone. The Babylonians try to destroy the Jews, and the Babylonians are gone. The Persians try to destroy the Jews. Where are the Persians today? The Nazis try to destroy the Jews. Where are the Nazis now? But see, when I go and look at the map, I see the nation of Israel is still standing, and I see that the Jewish people are still standing. And you know what that tells me? That God is a shield to his people. That God is a defense to his, to his, uh, to his people. And so when the enemy comes to you and says, I'm going to take you out, I'm going to destroy you, you just walk over there and point at the map and say, look, is Israel still on the map? Yeah. Well, that's proof that God will never leave me nor forsake me God is a shield all around me he is my defense the scripture says blessed are you O Israel who is like you for the Lord has saved you he is the shield of your help and the sword of your of your majesty so your enemies will cringe before you and you will tread upon the high places psalm 3 verse 33 says but you O lord are a shield all about me my glory and the lifter of my head some of you came in here this morning with your head down and your shoulders slumped but i've come to tell you god is the glory and the lifter of your head he says chin up boy you belong to me chin up girl you belong to me I am your God I am your shield all the way around you he's your shield to the north he's your shield to the south he's your shield to the east and your shield to the west he's your shield below and he's your shield above come on bless the Lord for he is the defense of his people he said in Psalm 91 verse 5 of the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but they will not come near to you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked for the Lord. God is your refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your dwelling. This is God's promise to his people. And if you're his people, give him praise in the house of God this morning morning I am your shield third thing he said to Abram I am your reward he said I am your exceedingly great reward now I want you to see two things here number one God is a rewarder of those who seek him the Bible said that the, that Jesus is coming back and when he comes back it says his reward is with him God is a rewarder of the faithful. And so if you are faithful to God, you should wear a smile on your face because you carry the favor of God on your life and God will reward the faithful. You and I one day are going to receive our reward. We're going to receive our reward in the eternal presence of God. 
But you know, there is a reward greater than streets of gold. There is a reward greater than gates of pearl in heaven. There is a reward greater than a mansion made to your specifications in heaven. There is a reward greater than sitting at the table and eating with your loved ones or going and being in the presence of angels. You know what the great reward is? The great reward of heaven is Jesus. Jesus is the prize. Jesus is the reward. You can have everything else, but give me Jesus. I've got to have Jesus because he is the savior of the lost. He is the healer of the sick. He is the deliverer of the captive. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is my good shepherd. He is my living water. He is the bread of life. He is all and all to me. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about Jesus. He is the reward. The Apostle Paul said, I press on toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He knew there was a prize, and the prize was being in the very presence of Jesus. You see, friend, if you win everything but lose Jesus, you have, in fact, lost everything. But if you lose everything and win Jesus, in fact, you have won everything. Jesus is everything. Come on, somebody. Jesus is everything. You might be sitting there this morning. Maybe you weren't planning to come to church. Maybe being in the house of God was the last thing on your mind. Maybe you're just waiting for us to let out so you can go back about your business. But can I tell you, friend, that what your soul is looking for is right in this house. What your soul is looking for is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. I said Jesus is the answer. If your soul is thirsty, he is the living water. If your soul is hungry, he is the food for your spirit. If your soul is broken, he is the mender of the brokenhearted. If your soul is filthy with sin, he is the washing soap of God's amazing grace. Jesus is the answer for you this morning. He's the prize that you are seeking. If you go after him, listen now, if you go after Jesus, you'll get everything else that you need. How many of you believe that? Listen, if you go after Jesus, he'll see to it that you have the, the car that you need and the house that you need and the tuition that you need. Come on, somebody. He'll see to it that all of those other things come into your life. But if you don't get Jesus, you don't have the assurance of any of those other things. Jesus is the reward. He's the prize. Now, everything's going real well in this message until... Something happens. Up until now, a, uh, God has been speaking. Say, speak, Lord. But then we get down uh, a little bit in the, in the text, and Abraham starts talking. Say, uh-oh. You know, when we start opening our mouth, problems happen, right? Abraham was doing real well while he was listening to God. But then he started telling God, how impossible it was to do the things he was promising him. You ever done that? Have you ever just decided to tell the Lord what he doesn't know? Abraham's now going to open his mouth and he's going to tell the Lord what's up. He says, Lord, what are you going to give to me? I don't have a son. And everything I own is going to become the property of my slave, Eleazar. 
Now notice this. He had just won a battle, and in the battle, he had, he had won a great number of spoils. And before that, Abraham was already a very wealthy man. So this was a wealthy man, got richer, and now he's telling God, I have nobody to leave this wealth to. It's all going to go away when I die. It's going to end up in the hands of, a, of a, one of my slaves, one of my servants, Eleazar. And I just don't understand, God, why you're letting this time pass. Don't you realize I'm getting older? Don't you realize that time is just getting past me? And, and if you don't hurry up and do this thing that you promised me, you're going to run out of time, God. And he just starts explaining to God how impossible this situation is. And I just wonder what God's reaction was to that. Just like God, I wonder what God's reaction is to us sometimes when we explain to God how difficult our problem is, how big our situation is. But you see, we have to remember what God has said. He said, don't be afraid. He said, I am your shield and I am your reward. I've got this thing in my hands. And so uh, the Lord has to deal now with Abram. What's Abram's problem? Basically, Abram's problem is that he is putting his sight, his eyes, on the wrong thing. He's looking at his circumstances. He's looking at the, tro the trouble that's in his life. And he can't see what God sees. He can't hear what God hears. He's not even hearing really the voice of God. He is just, uh, he is just focused on the things that he does not have. Your eyes, my friends, your natural eyes are an enemy sometimes to your faith. They, your circumstances come to be an enemy, to be a contradiction to the voice of God in your life. And so when you get into that place where you just feel like you got to explain it to God, I advise you to do something very, very simple. Just uh, put your hand over your mouth. And, and let God do some more talking. Come on, somebody. Let God do the talking. You say, but Lord, my boy's in jail, and I don't know when I'm going to get to see him again. Just let God do the talking. You say, Lord, the doctor gave me bad news. Come on, somebody. Just let God do the talking. Let God have his way, and let God have his word in your life. Come on, somebody. Let God do the talking. He says to Abram, Abram, come out here. Come out here. You see, up until now, Abram was in a tent. And in that tent, all he could see was what he didn't have. What he was lacking. What he was missing. All he could see was the problem. You ever gotten in that place? Where all you can see is the problem? God says, all right, I want you to come out from under the problem. And I want you to see what I see. I want you to come out here and get a bigger vision. Say bigger vision. Say it again, bigger vision. You've got to get a greater vision, church, of what God is up to in your life. You see, your circumstances don't tell the whole story. Your circumstances are not God's voice in your life or God's prophet in your life. They're just a passing thing. And God will use them sometimes to move you into position 
to get you where you need to go, to get you to the place where he wants to use you and wants to teach you some things and, and mold your life and change your character. And so God will often use those things in our life, but that moment, that situation is not all there is. God is working on a master plan. God has a big idea. God is at work in your life. And if you will watch him work, you get a bigger vision, a greater perspective of what God is saying into your, into your life. You will be filled with faith to know God is a big thinker and God is a long-range planner. And what you thought was an obstacle yesterday has become a stepping stone to God's blessing in your life. It's become a step for God to bring you up into the place where he can position you for his use. He says, Abraham... I want you to do two things. Look up. Some of you need to look up this morning. You know the difference between a chicken and an eagle? Nobody knows the difference, I guess. Chickens look down, don't they? Peck, 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 peck. God help you if you live with a chicken. All they see is problems. All they see is trouble. And so if you have a chicken spirit, shake it off this morning. I said shake it off this morning. Tell your neighbor, shake it off. Oh, woe is me. Ay, 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 ay. Son muchos mis dolores. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. And all the chickens, they love to have a pity party. And just peck, 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 peck. My life is so low. My situation is so down. I'm just going through this thing. I just got to get by. But see, then there's another bird. And that bird is an eagle. And that eagle says, hey, I can go higher than this problem. I can go higher than this storm. I can go higher than the clouds. Come on, somebody. Are there any eagles in the house of God? This morning, oh, God's word says that those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like an eagle. Come on. Come on. Are there any eagles in the house of God this morning? Look up. Look up. Look up. There's more for you. There's more for you. He said, the psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. I said, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. He said, look up and count the stars. You start counting those stars, Abram, and if you can count them all, that's how many descendants I'm going to give you. Can I tell you what? Those stars this morning, they're the blessings of God in your life. They're the little, they're the little glimmers of hope you've had in the midst of your darkness in the, in the nights that were so dark you couldn't see. You looked up and you saw the stars. God says, you know what? Just start counting those blessings. And when you, if you can count all my blessings in your life, that's how many more times I'll bless you. That's how many more times I'll help you. That's how many more times I'll show up in your life. Come on, somebody. Start counting the blessings. Don't be afraid. Don't 
be afraid. God is your shield. And this morning, he says, look up. I've got a bigger perspective than you. I've got more to give you than you could ask me for. I'm going to fulfill my word to you. I'm going to fulfill my promises to you. Watch me work. Where you are, would you just raise your hands and just start counting your blessings. Start thanking God for every blessing. Start with today. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for life. I thank you for health. I thank you for hope. I thank you for joy. I thank you for peace. Come on, just start counting your blessings. You're not alone. You never were. You've been fighting a fight, but you're winning. You're winning. You made it to church this morning. You still have a song in your heart. You're winning. Don't give up now. Push your way through. Push your way through this morning. Almighty God, I pray for a wave of faith to come into this house. That faith that, that stirs us to believe God. That faith that stirs us to know that God is able to save by many or by few. God, give us a greater vision, a greater perspective. Let us look up and see that you are able. That you are able. You're greater than the words spoken by our enemies. You're greater than the voice of my enemies. You're greater than the voice of the giants in my life. I will trust in you. I will hope in you.